Welcome to the House Top Podcast, the teaching arm of Oikos Ministries. Jesus said, Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light, and what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. Join our host, Terrell Abair, as he teaches God's Word. Well, good evening and welcome to the Oikos Ministry Facebook Live. I'm your host, Terrell Abair, and uh, we're teaching through 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6, pulling down strongholds. And uh, if you uh, haven't heard this series, many have. I tell you, we've had wonderful responses to this series, and uh, we're going to continue tonight. Actually, we'll finish it up tonight, Lord willing, and uh, we'll move on from here. But uh, if you've not heard this and would like to see it, you could always go to our website at www.housechurchesusa.com and catch up on that and many, many other studies we've done and uh, lots of resources on there to help you in your walk with Jesus, especially if you want to plant a house church and really get serious about your faith and build relationships with other believers. So that's all available to you and we just welcome you tonight and I pray you're blessed by what's said here tonight. So we've been talking about he, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6, he says, For though we walk in the flesh, he's talking about in a physical body, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, the Apostle Paul said this, defending his apostolic ministry as though his ministry work, he looked, he likened it to warfare. But I can tell you, this is bigger than just Paul's ministry. The entire Christian walk is one of spiritual warfare. If you read things like 2 Corinthians 10, Ephesians chapter 6, the, the Bible refers to this as a warfare and that we are good soldiers of Christ. And if you don't understand you're in a conflict, then you probably have a wrong belief system from jumpstart. We are in the, the war of the ages. We are literally in a spiritual conflict in a deadlock, uh, a gridlock, with the wicked one. When somebody says, well, well, Jesus overcame him. Yes, he did. Fair and square, 2,000 years ago, Jesus beat the devil, but it's still up for grabs in your life. And until we walk out our faith and win that victory, and I want to tell you, many people are casualties in this war just from ignorance. If you don't know you're in a fight, you're going to lose every time. So the fact is, we have to recognize the warfare who we're fighting, know our enemy. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to pulling down a stronghold, casting down imaginations or arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. And uh, and it says, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And so when we look at this powerful, powerful passage, a little compact, very powerful passage. We've gone through this. Now, what we did, we start by defining strongholds. A stronghold is a fortified place in the in the mind, which would be the soul, the mind, the emotions, or even your will, the, the reasoning faculty and decision-making faculties. It could be a, 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 a fortified place in your physical body. And what a stronghold does is give place to a strong man. And we've been dealing with that for uh, the last couple of weeks, now, dealing with strong men, uh, which are demons. And demons want to literally attack the weaknesses in our lives, the strongholds of our lives, and wage war to literally uh, torment our walk with Christ, really try to throw us off guard, throw us off balance. And so we need to literally demolish these strongholds 
and uh, literally bring them to where they're useless for any demonic activity. Now, there's a great passage that, that I want to start with right off the bat in First uh, uh, John uh, chapter 2. Everybody's thrown off. They thought I was going to Luke and everybody has to scramble. Bible study. We, this is legal in Bible study. We just use the Bible. So in chapter 2 of First John, he said, in uh, verse 12, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for your namesake. So children, the child stage of Christianity is enamored with, focused on, infatuated with forgiveness of sins. That is infant, small stages of Christianity. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his namesake. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. Now, what makes us a father is that we've had spiritual sons and daughters and literally we we literally are, are holding on to him from the beginning. We're we're still at it in our maturity. And then he says, I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. Now, that adolescent stage is what I believe we're dealing with in the pulling down of strongholds that he said, I write unto you young men because you've overcome the wicked one. Now he repeats himself. Watch what he says. I write unto you little children because you've known the father. I've written unto you fathers because you've known him that is from the beginning. I, I write it. I've written unto you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Now I believe this stage of adolescent stage of Christianity. Look, man, the forgiveness of God is taught in every pulpit on every place in the planet. Forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. No problem there. The moving on. Uh, I wrote a whole book called The Doctrines of Christ, and it says at a time we ought to be teachers. We have need that one teach us again what be the first principles or the elementary principles of the doctrines of Christ. Literally, we seem to stay in a state of perpetual infancy in Christianity. We never move on. He said, I've written unto you, young men, because you're strong and the word of God abides you in you and you've overcome the wicked one. This place of literally bringing people to the abiding word of God, a relationship in the word of God where the word of God takes over the thinking. Now, I want to I'm going to say more about that in just a few minutes, but let's listen to me. Most of Christianity. Now, everything that's called Christian on the planet, Roman Catholicism and many other large denominations, uh, Presbyterian, Methodist and others believe in infant baptism and they believe that is salvation. Now, that's a fact. It's a non-biblical fact. I'm telling you, it's a non-biblical way to be saved. So when we talk about over two billion people, really, we're talking close to two and a half billion people that believe. You're saved by getting baptized as an infant with nothing to do with it. No reasoning whatsoever. That's a problem. Then you get into the evangelical world and they believe that you're saved by saying a sinner's prayer. Bow your head, pray this prayer. Lord, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me my sin. Come into my heart. Amen. And then they go further and say you can never lose that. And that's it. That's the whole salvation experience. And, and, and basically sit in that pew attend and give money. And that's literally the existence of Christianity most of the time. In most cases, we're talking nearly three billion people that believe something like this. This is a massive problem and it is a foundational spiritual problem. And very little is done 
to bring people into a discipleship where they learn the word of God, where the word of God abides in them and they remain and become strong. Now, I'm going to get back to that in just a, a second on, on some more. First, let's turn to Luke chapter four. Everybody, you should have saved your place there. In Luke chapter four, Jesus is quoting from the book of Isaiah. And he said in verse 18, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, the setting at liberty, those who are bruised or those who are oppressed, literally the word bruised means shattered in pieces. If you really watch and look through, if you study the words when Jesus cast out demons, many of the demons would throw people down. And they, the, the, the demon would bruise them, hurt them, hurt their physical bodies. And this is the picture that this word liberty means to set at liberty. Those uh, excuse me, the word bruised me to set at liberty. Those that the devil has been bruising again and again and again. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was uh, he was uh, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we're healed. When we think about Christ enduring all that for us who have been literally attacked and beaten by the devil. Now, many people believe, many people believe, well, now I'm a Christian. That can't happen to me. Folks, uh, the apostle Paul penned this verse, our text, the main text, saying his apostleship was under a continual, a perpetual state of warfare. And if we don't understand that, the apostle Paul himself was being, look, go read his sufferings in second Corinthians chapter 11. He was literally being beat up every day. It was an amazing thing he endured. And, and, and you say, well, uh, we're protected. No, we're not protected from that. There's no verse, no chapter, no scripture, none of that. We're in a war and there are no rules in this war. There are none. And people die in warfare. And if you don't take your warfare serious, you're going to, you're defeated already. Now let's turn to uh, Acts chapter 10, the first sermon preached to the Gentile world. Acts chapter 10, starting in verse 34. This is going to lead us to a, a very powerful point. Then Peter opened his mouth after days of uh, the Holy Spirit arranging meetings with Cornelius's people sent to Peter. Peter falls into a trance. The Holy Ghost begins to give him this revelation of eating unclean things. And finally, Peter gets to Cornelius's house and he's, his sermon lasted less than 45 seconds. If you, I mean, I've practiced this time and again, and it wouldn't take but about 45 seconds for all the days that the Lord arranged this meeting. It says, then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. He was preaching to Gentiles for the first time. But in every nation, he that fears God, him, God, and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, that he is Lord of all. That word, I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil 
for God was with him. Now, I want you to see that. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, and he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. This was the work of Christ. Now, I want you to see this. Let's back up. It says that after the baptism, he said he came and he preached the gospel of peace. All right. After the baptism, which John preached, I want you to notice this. There is a progression here after the baptism that John preached. Now, what did John preach? I'm glad you asked. If you if you go to Matthew, let's turn to Matthew. Oh, excuse me. Let's go to John chapter one first. This one has really been burning in my spirit this week. John chapter one. Now tonight we're just talking about how to get your deliverance. I want to tell you, this is, this is the key. John chapter one, verse one, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that comes into the world. He was in the world. And the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came to his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him to them, he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them which were born of uh, that believed in his name, which were born not of uh, blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God, born of God. Now, I want you to see this. There was a man sent from John. And he, he looked. The same came for a witness, verse seven, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. Notice that repentance, John's message without any doubt, we'll look at it in a minute, without any doubt was the message of repentance. John the Baptist preached repentance. Now, my understanding of repentance, now the baptism of repentance. Now, look, there's all kind of theology out there about John and that like his ministry is not important today. But it's literally been all but omitted from the gospel that we know today. The ministry of repentance, the preaching of repentance, the baptism John preached, he baptized with water unto repentance. All right. I believe that the washing of water of the word, what John did was to immerse the mind into the word of God. The anointing that was on John that was pointing to believe in Jesus. I personally believe it is that you cannot have faith without repentance. Let me say it again. I want to be on record. I want to be as clear as I can. I do not believe you can have faith in God without repentance from dead work. I believe any faith you might have would be a pseudo faith. It would be, it'd be a wrong faith in a wrong thing. And now, right now, with most people believing in infant baptism, the other uh, majority believing in sinner's prayer theology that that's it and you're saved. And all you do is ask for forgiveness of sin and a perpetual asking of forgiveness that literally we're in a situation where most people never experience the real power of God to salvation. 
Now you may come to church convicted. You may answer an altar call under conviction. But I want to tell you right now, there's a conspiracy among the prophets that when you come forward to that altar call, bow your head, pray this prayer, that's it, you're saved. Then what? It's like catching a fish. You know, you catch a fish and you reel him into the boat. You take the hook out of his mouth and throw him in the ice chest and he flops around with a little life until he's frozen solid. That's the picture of most church life. I'm sorry, but it's where we are right now. And there's many well-meaning people who think that's it. I'm saved. Nothing has changed. There is no change. That John was sent to bear witness of the light. I believe it's the work of men. It's the work of, of preachers. God has ordained that through the preaching of this gospel, the preaching of the word of God, that men would be saved. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's my job and any preacher's job to immerse your head until you're totally, totally fully immersed in the mind into the word of God. Can that save you? I don't believe it saves you, but what it does is bring the revelation of God as the Holy Spirit works in you and then you can get saved by faith in Christ and that alone. It's my job to put your brains in the word of God. That's what I'm supposed to do. Saturate your mind with God's word and somewhere in there, pray the light of God comes on and it's revealed to you Matthew chapter 3. Let's turn there. You think it's an accident that they cut John the Baptist's head off? It was so demonic that the devil said, I hate John the Baptist. I want to take his head off because he's immersing people's heads in the word of God and they're getting right with God. In Matthew 3rd chapter, verse 1. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent you, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one <coughs> crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way. Who, who, prepare who? The, prepare ye. You prepare the way. Prepare you the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Well, wait a minute. It's all by grace. God does it all. No, let me tell you, he said you prepare the way of the Lord. Repent. You see, the message of repentance, I don't believe it can save you. But what I believe it can do is bring you to the place of serious conviction where you do you, you find in yourself helpless without God. And unless I find grace of God, I, there's I'm a, a, a hopelessly lost soul. Look, look, man, until we understand the work, make his path straight. Uh, I remember this in reflection as I was coming to the Lord. Uh, I was a mess. I was uh, in dope and, and, and alcohol. I was a, a, a man. I'm just in my sin. I'm so in sin. It was unbelievable. And the spirit of God was moving on me, drawing me to Christ. And look, every attempt I made to try to come to God was futile, but I was trying my best. I was seeking God. I was reading my Bible. I was trying everything I could, please. I needed relief. I was literally, I knew that I was sinking into hell quickly. I tried everything I could, the best I could to straighten up. And what it did, the more I tried to straighten up, the more my mind was clearing up. And I was starting to think again. I was... I'm like, what am I doing? What's wrong with me? And 
And then finally, the light of the revelation of Christ came in. It was a, a wonderful time to, to set me free. I'm telling you folks tonight, listen to me carefully. Deliverance is done at the cross of Jesus Christ. It is the place of deliverance. If you've got a stronghold, you've got a demon oppressing and tormenting you. You find yourself unable to control your action, repeatedly cycling in sin. You can't get out of this issue or that issue. I'm telling you, it's time to go to the cross, then go through the cross. You have to die and they'll leave nothing. Left. Dead men do not sin. Matthew three, let's keep reading. He said, it said, I'm going to read in verse five. Then went out to him Jerusalem and Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. Look at that. There was a confession. I believe an open confession of sin. We're so dignified and proud now. And no, bow your head. Nobody's looking around. We don't want to embarrass nobody. Nobody, don't look around. If, if you want, if you want to give your life to Jesus, wink your eyebrow. There could be no humbling. Can you imagine what John was doing with this? The one, they said the voice of one cried. He wasn't crying. He was demanding in the wilderness, repent. The kingdom of God's at hand. He was a forceful preacher. He was forceful pushing this. When I get forceful in these messages, man, you ought to see the, the people that comment. I want to say, what's wrong with you? Why you said, man, what you angry about? I'm like, I hate the devil and I hate what he's doing to your life. You're going to hell. And I'm trying to rescue you and you're mad at me. <sighs> oh, hallelujah. Anyhow. All right. They were confessing their sins. Most people now are too proud to admit they're sinful. And we want to generalize. Oh, I'm a sinner. Once I told a lie, I'm a liar. Say you're a liar. Liar. You're a fornicator. Man, own your sin and literally quit soft-shoeing it and trying to make yourself look good. You don't look good. You're a monster of iniquity. You're fit for a thousand eternities in a burning damnation. That's what you're good for. There's not one good thing in you. I'm a nice person. You don't know me. I'm a nice person. You're an evil person. You're a literal criminal in the courts of God until you're right with Jesus Christ. An absolute criminal in heaven. And I believe the, the criminals of heaven run around saying they're saved and I'm going to have forgiven. I mean, come on, man. You're just delusional because you've been lied to by a false prophet. Hope you're still with me. This is the kind of preaching that stirs your demons up. I'm talking right into you, folks. You say, well, I don't, I'm not comfortable with your kind of prayer. That's because the demon in you ain't comfortable. I'm exposing that you ain't saved. That's really what needs to get down to it. You're just not saved. Most folk just ain't saved, period. They've not been born again. Stay with me. Bring forth. Excuse me. The, the Pharisees, when the many of the Pharisees and Sadducees came to his baptism, he said to them, oh, generation of vipers. Who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Now, remember, last week we covered religious demons. There's more religious demons than any other kind. He said, oh, generation of viper, you brood of vipers, a den of snakes. You venomous people. 
He's talking about religious folks. Now today they say, you're judging. Well, yeah, he's judging. Absolutely he was judging because they were demons. They were full of demons, religious demons. You can't say that. You don't even know that. Yes, we do. Wearing their pomp and garb and all caught up in their own titles and blah, blah, blah. Just come on, man. There's just tons of them out there right now. Just wearing this garb of backwards collars and fish hats and you name something. My, come on, man. That ain't no more Christianity than a man in the moon. Bring forth, therefore, fruits meet for repentance. Do to repent. Repentance bears fruit. There will be a change. That's what the word repentance means. It literally, it means to change the way you think. Metanoio. Change the mind. Not just make a new decision. Literally change the entire makeup of how you think. That the Word of God, once our mind is immersed in the Word of God, some guy uh, commented on our teachings last week and said, uh, teaching or brainwashing? And I said, yes. Because a matter of fact, most brains out there need to be washed thoroughly with the Word of God. Your minds are so immersed in your in your college education and your your cell phone and your television and your your own filthy thoughts that you, literally you just need to you need to be washed. I'm telling you that you need to be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. The only thing that could cleanse you from your funk. Think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. For I say to you, but God is able of these stones to raise up children to Abraham. When he said that, when Jesus said that to the Jewish people, it is the equivalent of what I'm about to say to Christians. Jesus said to the Jews, don't think that you have Abraham to your father because God could raise up children to Abraham out of these stones. I'm telling you, you prayed your sinner's prayer. You've had your water baptism. Do not think that that's going to save you. Well, I, I prayed the prayer and Jesus is saving me. He forgave me. No, it ain't. There it is. I'm just saying it right out there. Lie. I challenged this one time and a man in a hospital. I just challenged it. He said, you're not saved. This dude lost his mind. The demons came up so loud. They literally everybody from every floor in the hospital was trying to fill that old room up when the demons came. We're, we're dealing with that man. This is what's happening right now. People think they're saved and they're not. We've made a whole theology out of falling and sinning and that, you know, we're not, we're not perfect. We're just forgiven. We have become partakers of the divine nature. Where's the overcomer? Where's the young man that the word of God abides in them and they've overcome the wicked one? Where's the power of God manifest? Where's the fruits to repentance? Where's the new creature? If any man's in Christ, he's a new creature. You see, I believe that when you get saved, the drunkard quits drinking, the drugger quits doing drugs. I believe you get saved, you get thoroughly saved. The fornicator quits fornicating, you get saved, man. You get a new heart and a new spirit. This is the new covenant. He said, I will write my laws in your heart and I will put them in your minds. When he puts the word of God in our mind, listen to me carefully. When God begins to immerse your mind in the law of God, the law of God is perfect, converting the soul. When he begins to immerse your mind in his law, thou shalt have no God before me. And you consider, oh my goodness, I've had all kind of gods before God. 
No graven image. Oh, we've made images that are not God. We've made images. Jesus is the express image of God. And we've made up new Jesuses. You should not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Do you understand? You, remember the Sabbath, keepeth holy. You shall not, you shall honor your father and mother. Uh, you shall not kill. You shall not steal. You shall not, uh, commit adultery. Look, folks, one thing after another, you shall not covet. Bear false witness. If you failed in one point, hear me carefully. If you failed in one point of that law, you're damned. Do you understand that that means that means you're literally going to die a sinner's death and live eternally in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the the second death. You'll burn in hell forever. Not hell, the lake of fire. Even hell's going to burn in the lake. You need to hear this, folks. I don't care how many sinners prayers you've given. I don't care how many, how many times you've been uh, baptized. I don't care how much money you've given, how much your church attended. I don't care about your Sunday school class or preacher. I don't care how big your congregation is. I'm telling you, unless you be born again, a new heart and a new spirit where God puts a divine heart and you're born of God. The holy thing that's born is born of God and you become a partaker of divine nature and he puts his law in your heart and in your mind and you're a new creature in Christ you're born again the former things have passed away all things become new where's the testimony of that quit telling me about sin tell me about the power of being a partaker of the divine nature I'm talking about deliverance tonight folks you want deliverance it's found at the cross of Jesus Christ I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power God unto salvation. It is the power of God for your deliverance. It's the power of God that will heal you. It is the power of God. Period. There is no plus nothing, minus nothing. The blood of Jesus Christ is the power of God loosed in the earth to literally take away the sin of the world. It overcomes sin. It overcomes death. It overcomes hell. It's the victory that is in Christ Jesus. Come on. The blood. The way to live is to die with him. Some of you right out there right now, you need to die. This is my counsel. You need to die. Go to the cross and don't come back. Don't come back. Nobody comes back from the cross. Don't come back wearing it. Don't come back with a tattoo. You come back dead. The only thing left is you living in Jesus. Jesus living in you. Excuse me. Jesus living in you, the old man that you are deader than a doornail. You want deliverance? Die. Die. You want deliverance? You can't be there. You got to go. You need a selfectomy. Well, I'm like, I need to learn how to cope with, no, you don't need to cope with, no, you need to die. Not our overhaul. We don't need to fix you up. We don't need to make you a better you. We don't need to uh, get you the, the dents and scratches buffed out. No, what we, you just don't need to be here. You're that wicked. Well, I'm a nice person. I'm just as nice as anybody else. I got, I, you know, all the people in my church like, they're all wicked. 
You judge it. Yes. And I hope every demon that's listening is screaming. My prayer. Man, I had a lady on this thing the other day just screaming. This is impossible. Christians cannot have a demon. And hers was just screaming. Her demon was typing. Demons can type. Glory be to God. Listen to this. I indeed baptize you. Excuse me. Now also the axe is laid to the word, to the root of the trees. And listen to that. The axe is laid to the root. You know, axes aren't for healing. You know, you use scalpels to, to, to do incision. Can you imagine your doctor walking in with a double bit axe? Well, we're fixing to take you out back, right? What for? You ain't coming back. We need preachers with axes laying the axe to the root. Not, oh, I'm so sorry you're on drugs. No, we hate your drugs. You need to die. You're not addicted to drugs. You're addicted to you. You're an idol to yourself. This is the happiest message. This is how people get delivered. The axe is laid to the root. There are roots in your life. This is the source of the stronghold. It's where demons literally root themselves in and control your life. And without the power of God, there are people talking about God every day, day, but deny the power. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. John said, look, he called it out clear. I baptize you with water to repentance. The washing of water by the word, washing the mind. But he that comes after me, what did John come for to do? That through him, all men might believe in Jesus. I'm trying to lead you to faith in Jesus Christ. And the first thing that thing would apply to is not you going to heaven, but you getting out of sin. Do you hear me? It ain't about you going to heaven or not going to hell. It's about you being delivered from evil. If you're delivered from sin, hell and heaven are no-brainers. Trying to get you free tonight, set you free. Came to set the captives free. Those that are bruised, set at liberty. He that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Let me tell you, we need a baptism and repentance that would lead us to faith in Jesus Christ. Not some faith in the future that we're going to, one day we're going to be raptured and poof, we out of here. That ain't what we're talking about. You know what? All you poof, we out of here believers, you're going to hell. I don't believe that for a second. I don't, you're, you're such an erroneous theology. Listen to me carefully. Most of you just think that, oh, it's escapism that we're going to miss all that tribulation. We go, look, let me tell you what you're doing. You're in a holding pattern for hell is what you are. And it's time for you to understand this tonight. I'm trying to shake the brood of viper, the religious folks that listen to this, uh, this teaching. You need to be shaken to the core. I'm hoping there ain't nothing left for you to stand on. I pray that everything that can be shaken would be shaken. And so the things that could remain are still standing. It's time you understand 
This casual relationship in Christianity, this light church going affiliation and this no power showing in your life. There's no evidence of a new birth or repentance. Folks, come on. Hear me carefully. I indeed baptize you with water. This preacher is trying to shove your mind down deep into the law of God tonight and expose every fiber of sin. I'm praying there ain't nothing you can hold on to. Not none of your religion. I don't care how great your preacher is and how wonderful your services are and how much music you dance to. Or I don't care what your religious affiliations are. I want to see you come into the new birth. Forget your infant baptism or your water baptism. Forget your sinner's prayer. It's time for you to get born again. And in order to be born again, you got to die or you got two things living in the same body and that's a monster. Did you know that? Two things living in the same body is a monster. Religious monsters is what we've created. I indeed baptize you with water to repentance, but he that cometh out. John came that all men through him might believe. You see, until repentance, oh, 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 George Whitfield used to say, you must weep at Sinai before you sing in Zion. John Wesley used to say, preach 90% law and 10% grace. Let me tell you what, I'd love to offer you the grace of God right after you're weeping your guts out over your sinful condition. Until then, no, I'm not going to do it. I ain't offer nobody no grace until they're thoroughly broken. You say, is that cruel? No, this is the way of salvation. Let me tell you what, your doctor comes in there and he says, look, what we're going to do, we're going to put you out of sleep and then we're going to cut your chest open and we're going to take out your, and we're going to go in there and we're going to we'll rip some arteries out and we're going to change it and put a new one going. And you go, oh, God. okay, doc, that'll be great. Good, good, good. Well, listen to what this preacher's saying. We're going to, we're going to literally hit you so hard. We're going to bust your chest open, tear your old heart out and put in a divine one. It will be humiliating. It will be horrible. And when you come up, you're going to be a new creature. You're going to, you're going to be like an infant. You're going to, you don't even know how to talk anymore. God's going to have to give you a new tongue. This is a place of deliverance, folks. Just good old gospel preaching. You need to get right with God. Listen carefully. Who has believed our report? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Yet we deceive him, stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. And we hid as it were our faces from him. And we, he was, este- he was uh, rejected and we did esteem him not. Yet he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. One of the most powerful verses prophesying of the power of God and what the cross would do and the nuts and bolts of the blood of Jesus, what it would actually do for us. Wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. 
The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we're healed. Oh, it's time to be saved. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. Listen to me, sheep. Church going folk. You're immersed into LSU sports and football and basketball and baseball. You're immersed in every kind of sporting events going and you couldn't care less about Jesus. You just, but you think you're going to heaven. I'm a Christian. What? You're, you're a what? What you are is the world. And the world is at enmity with God. And you're willfully participating with enmity. Go to church service today and most church service, first 15 minutes, the pastor talking about the, the ball game. That's the world, brother. They speak of the world. It's an antichrist spirit. I talked about that last week. Keep moving with me. I want to tell you, the greatest deliverance is the cross of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God to salvation. That word salvation, sozo in the Greek language, it means to save, to heal, deliver, preserve, set free. There's so many connotations to the idea of salvation that the great salvation of God would set you free. And it's a full freedom, a freedom look from sin's power. How about a freedom from sin's pleasure? How about us? All we're worried about is the uh, being free from the penalty. But how about a, a freedom from the power of sin, from the pleasure of sin and the penalty of sin? How about that kind of freedom? I'm talking about a full salvation where you walk different, you talk different, you're, you're, you're totally different because you've become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Turn with me to... Uh, First John, once again, we'll go back there. Chapter four. You are of God, little children. And have overcome them. Overcome who? The spirit of Antichrist. That's what he talked. We talked about this last week. I'm not going to go into the Antichrist thing again. You're of God, little children, and have overcome them. Are you overcoming? I'm asking you. Are you overcoming tonight? Are you succumbing to the work of the devil? Well, you know, I, you know, I sin every day. I just can't help myself. That's not salvation, folks. You're not, you're not describing biblical salvation. If you say you're sinning every day, then you're not describing a biblical view of salvation. I think something's wrong with our camera here. Oh, I don't know what happened there. Okay. But anyway, it, look, you're not describing a biblical salvation. And this is common salvation, uh, uh, religious speak right now. You know, we're all sinners. We just sin every day. We can't help ourselves. We're just sinners. Yeah, you can't help yourself. You're of God, little children, and you have overcome them. Overcome who? The, the demon spirits. You've overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Now, wait a minute. 
Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Now, who is in the children of God? See, where is God? Of course, he's omnipresence. He's everywhere at one time. But literally, God, the Bible says God is in heaven. Where's Jesus? My Bible says he ascended and sits on the right hand of God. Where's the Holy Ghost? Greater is he who is in me than he that's in the world. Folks, I've been controlled by a demon before. I was a lost, wicked sinner. And demons controlled me back in them days. The demons don't control me no more. I had this thought today. You know, it's amazing. Jesus would tell the devil, go. And you know what he'd do? He'd go. 2,000 years ago, Jesus commanded Christians to go. And you know what we did? We stayed. Are demons more righteous than Christians? Oh, come on now. I heard one preacher say, and I think he, he ain't too far off. One preacher said, you know, I, we, we, we quit casting demons out of people. We started casting people out of demons. It's about right. He ain't too far off. We've come to a place in wickedness where literally we, we, we've made our lives not conducive to the person of the Holy Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. He's a separate spirit. He's separated from the world. He is God with us living in us. He is the kingdom come dwelling in the heart and the mind of the Christian. He lives within me. The kingdom of God is within you. Folks, when you get full of the Holy Ghost, you begin to drive out every devil. There ain't no place for the devil. It's time for folks to get. But let me tell you, if you've grieved the spirit, if you've quenched the spirit, if you've insulted the spirit, if you've blasphemed the spirit, look, the Holy Ghost will leave you. Look at first John chapter three. Just humor me just for a minute and I'm going to begin to come to to an end of this thing. I'm going to read verse one. Behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knows us not because it knew him not. See, there's this alienation from the world. The world don't get us and we don't get the world anymore. The world don't get us. That's fine. I'm not complaining. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, yet it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we will be like him. We shall see him as he is. Every man that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Look at there. If you have the hope of eternal life, you purify your own life. Look, you purify yourself as he is pure. Who does it? Well, God's going to purify me in the end. No, 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 no. You purify yourself. Whosoever commits sin transgresses the law for sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sin and in him is no sin. Whoever abides in him sins not. Whoever sins has not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as he, Jesus, is righteous. He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. 
For this purpose was the Son of God manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever is born of God does not commit sin, for God, his seed, God's seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. In this the children of God are manifested, and the children of the devil. I love to hear people say, you know, we're all God's children. No, not according to this. Some of you are children of the devil. You know how you know? Because you sin. Well, you're saying you perfect. I guess you think you perfect, preacher. That's what that's that's a normal demonic comeback. I guess you think you perfect. You got to make your face like that. It's a demon spirit. I guess you think you perfect. My Bible says I am perfect. We hate to. You realize the word perfect is a bigger subject than faith in the New Testament. It means complete. It means mature. It means all grown up. Yep, I'm that. I'm complete in Christ. I'm mature in Christ. Do I sin? Ain't no practice of sin in this guy right here. Can I sin? Could. Do I? Probably have. I ain't going to try now. I'm free from the power of sin. I don't want sin. Don't like sin. Don't want to go back to it. Jesus Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. Oh, glory be to God. I don't want it. You can fill this whole room up with whiskey, beer, all this, all the coca, all the drugs, all the stuff. Fill it up with women, wine, women, song. Put it, put, fill it up with gold. I don't care. I don't want it. I want Jesus. I want His righteousness. Come on now. In this, the children of God are manifested, and the children of the devil. Whoever does not righteousness is not of God. Neither is he that loves not his brother. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's a real simple litmus test. You see, if you're still practicing sin, if you're in the practice of sin, let me tell you, you're, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. You're still on the road to hell. Is that fair? I'm saying tonight, repent. Some of you need deliverance and it needs to start right here. Repent. for The kingdom of God is near. This is your shot. This is your chance. This is a time to come clean. This is a time to confess your sin. Weep. Look, get to a place where you look at the cross and can weep. Get to the place where you cry your eyes out. Gut yourself at the cross. Literally weep till there's nothing left in you to weep. Weep because you're such an evil critter. Weep because you've sinned against the God who created you. Weep because your sin killed Jesus. Weep. I'm talking about deliverance tonight. This is the place of deliverance. Oh, if I could just reach through there and pull you right into this room. Oh, if I could just get you right near with the emotion. I pray that the Holy Ghost is going right through this message, right out into the digital parts of this and shaking you to the core. I pray you ain't got a leg to stand on. You know in your heart, religious person, you know in your heart, you're still wicked. You know in your heart, you're still in your sin.
I come to tell you, he came to set the captive free. I come to tell you, you need deliverance. And that main deliverance is this, that you come to the cross of Jesus Christ. When you come to the place in your brokenness, you come to the foot of the cross, you lay your life there. You look on him who killed you, you, who you killed. You take responsibility. I killed him. You bear the responsibility. My sin killed Jesus. You take responsibility that I'm continually wiping my feet on his blood. You take responsibility. Weep there until you're so emptied of your sin. Till it's displaced and the love of God pours in the mercy. Don't stop until the affirmations of God come through into you and you're healed. You're delivered. You're set. It'll drive every devil right out of you. Don't stop till you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Some of you out there have doctrines of devils that you literally don't believe that the Holy Ghost is for today. You need to be saved from that false doctrine of error and uh, cessationist and be saved and healed and delivered. Somebody mockingly said, you know, preachers, not everybody gets healed. You know what? Mocker. Not everybody gets forgiven, but that don't make you quit preaching it. I'll never quit pre preaching the salvation of God in any shape or form. I'll preach this gospel in its fullness, that he's a full, this a full good news. He's preaching peace through Jesus Christ. And folks, let me tell you what, if you're in your religion and you got no peace, you don't have the peace of God. You got to take medicine to get peace. You got, you got to, you, you got to drink alcohol and liquor to get peace. You got to go on 10 vacations a year and you still don't have peace. Let me tell you right now, the peace of God starts inside of you in the gospel of Jesus Christ, delivering you from you. Weep your way through the cross until there's nothing left of the old person you are. The only thing remains is Jesus. The Apostle Paul said it this way. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ liveth in me and the life I live in this flesh. I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. You see, you want to cooperate with the grace of God, the grace of God is the power of God to bring you through the gospel and the power of God would set you free from your sin and you would overcome the wicked one. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Folks, I'm going to stop right there. Not that I need to. I just, I, just time for sake. I just stop. He said, I don't preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, unless it makes the cross of Christ of no effect. Let me just tell you the cross is your deliverance. It's right there. Don't overlook it. Go right through it. Don't move on. Go back to it. Weep your way through it until you're dead, till ain't nothing left of you, nothing left of your old life. Take, just be sickened over your sin and weep your way back to God. Be reconciled unto God through the blood of Jesus Christ. If we can help you in any way, contact us through our website. Message me on this uh you can message us through uh, this Oikos ministry page. 
Call, we'll get back in touch with you. And, and look, if you need help, we'll, we'll lead you to Christ. We'll lead you through the cross. We'll cast the devil out of it. We'll heal your body. Whatever we need, we will help you. I pray this study has been a blessing to you. If you've not heard it all, go back and listen to the whole thing. Some of you are oppressed and kept at bay by the wicked one. And it's time to get your victory in Christ Jesus. God bless you. I pray that you find that victory in Jesus' name. Amen. We are so thankful that you joined us for this teaching today. It's our sincere prayer that many of you would be born again through hearing God's Word. If you were blessed by this podcast, we would love to hear from you. For more information on Oikos Ministries, visit us on our website, www.housechurchesusa.com.